Welcome to the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast. My name is Amanda Fisher, the Cashflow Queen and author of Unscramble Your Numbers. Welcome to episode eight of the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast. Today I'm talking about money coming into your bank account. The all important money coming in, much, much better than the money going out. So money coming into your bank is a good thing, but sometimes the deposits into your bank account aren't always good. Let's break that down a little bit more. When the deposits into your bank account or monies transferred into your bank account are from your sales, their revenue, or payments from clients or customers of their invoices. These are good, but beware. Assuming you're registered for GST, one eleventh of the amount you've banked belongs to the Australian Taxation Office. And the ATO take a very firm view that you are collecting that money on their behalf. It is their money, not your money to spend. So what I recommend is you add up all your deposits at the end of the week, divide the figure by 11, and transfer that amount into a separate bank account, a savings account, which call you, for your own purposes, your tax account. Now, for some people, you might want to do that fortnightly or monthly, depending on how frequently you're paid the type of business you have, but I really, really recommend you do that. It's the one way I know of making sure that you're not going to come unstuck when the quarterly or monthly BAS return turns around and you need to pay your GST to the tax office. Now, you're going to tell me, yes, 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 but if I put one eleventh of all my revenue aside, I get GST credits on my expenses too. So shouldn't I be taking into account how much credit I get and calculating the offset? And certainly you can. And if you're using zero and probably the other online products as well, but I know for zero that if you run the activity statement report, you'll be able to see just how much that money is each period, each quarter, but as you go through the quarter, so you can add up and keep accumulating to make sure you have the right amount, certainly. But one of the reasons I say to take the one the 11th is it means then that you're also saving a bit extra so that when you have an income tax bill, hopefully you are making a profit, that when you have an income tax bill to pay after the end of the financial year, you've already got some money saved up to cover that. And that's why I say take the one eleventh of the revenue and ignore the amount you're getting back on your payments for the credits on the GST of all your expenses. Now, you need to be aware that there are other deposits that go into your bank account that isn't revenue related, capital receipts. So we have revenue receipts that relate to profit and income and capital receipts. Some of these will be 
part of calculating a profit, but they are, of course, receipts for cash flow purposes. And talking about cash flow specifically in this series, we're not overly concerned about where the money's coming from, although to be honest, we really are, because you want all your money to come in the bank account to be from your clients or customers, to be paying bills, to be paying the invoices you've raised so that you're making money. You don't want to be having money going into your bank account that's out of your personal savings, that's from your family or friends or loans, because that means that you're not having enough revenue to cover your expenses and probably making a loss. So we really do want those receipts to be significantly income related. So other types of money that you do put into the bank account from time to time, as I say, personal funds from your bank account or loans from family and friends or potentially a bank loan or a finance company loan. Now, the reason I call them not good deposits or that they aren't good deposits is because at some point in the future, you are going to have to pay them back. So it's temporary money, it's borrowing. Even if you're borrowing from yourself, at some point you really need to pay yourself back because you've taken it out of your savings that really should be used for something else. Personally, to enjoy your life, to have fun, to put a roof over your head, to put money aside for retirement, to have a holiday, whatever it is that you want to spend it on. You've just spent money, taken money from that savings account and spent it insuring up your business. So we do want to minimise the amount that you take out of your own funds or borrow from anywhere to fund the business. However, having said that, if your business is in a significant growth phase, you are going to need to borrow money just to keep the ball rolling whilst you're going through that growth phase because you'll find you'll be paying more money out than money coming in, but the money will come in. It's just that it's going to come in later and not quite now. So you need more working capital, more funds in the account to keep you going. So funds that are coming into your account that are borrowings are capital receipts, so say what I call temporary funding. But there are also another type of capital receipt that goes into your bank account. And this is the sale of assets. And when we're talking assets here, think vehicles, equipment, property, so real estate, or shares held for investment. So shares listed in the stock market, could be privately held shares. Those are also capital receipts because there was an asset that you owned that you've now sold. So an asset, as opposed to an expense, is what you buy that has a lifetime of more than 12 months. So look, there are a few things that it's a bit wishy-washy, but that's the general rule. So no question, shares in listed companies, yep, they have an ongoing life and value. The real estate, easy, it's got a long-term value, the building's gonna be there in you know, five, 10, 20, 30, 40 years time. Plant and equipment, motor vehicles. Again, your motor vehicle's not going to disintegrate in 12 months. It will still be there, hopefully in good order. You haven't banged it around and gotten to too many accidents, but as long as you've kept that, looked after it, your motor vehicle will be in good shape for many years to come. 
And the same with equipment, computers, equipment used in, you know, plant equipment, anything that is solid that will last for a long time. There may be other things you can think of that will last more than 12 months, but they may not. It needs to have a long-term sort of solid, tangible nature about it. And when you sell those at some point, that is a capital receipt and the money will go into the business bank account. And to the extent that you've made a profit on it, it will be income for profit purposes. If the cost of the asset that you bought a couple of few years ago, whenever you bought it, is more than what you sold it for, you'll make a capital loss on it. And there's special rules around those. So the key here is to understand the difference between revenue and capital receipts, which ones impact your profit and loss, and which ones just help your cash flow in the short term but will need to be paid back. And one of the things that's important to think about when you do take out short-term funding is just what is the cost of it. Recently came across a client who, long before she met me, had taken out some short-term funding and it was at a really high interest rate, really high repayments, took a long time to, to pay it off uh, and cost a lot of money to have. So one of the purposes of understanding your cash flow in terms of revenue expenses through the business is to be able to identify where you may have a lack of funds in the bank to pay the bills even though you've got money coming in and then looking at smart ways of funding that so that you don't come unstuck with a loan or a finance arrangement that is an expensive option. From a cash flow perspective we need to also be looking at your invoicing and what are your payment terms? When do you invoice? How quickly do you invoice? So starting from the beginning on that, what are your systems for invoicing your clients or customers? Do you invoice upfront? Do you invoice at the time? Do you invoice after the event? I would suggest to you that invoicing after the event is the least sensible way of invoicing for cash flow purposes. Invoicing in advance, perfect, as long as it's paid in advance. Invoicing on the job, at the time the job's completed, at the time on the spot, that's great. Again, needs to be paid. So the first thing is when are you invoicing? The second thing, which is just as and perhaps more important, but the first is important, is how quickly are you being paid? You think about it, when you take your car in for a service, do you get to walk out of there with your car and an invoice to pay later? No. You have to pay the invoice on the spot in order for them to give you the key so you can have your car to drive away. There are lots of other things. You go to the supermarket. Do you get to walk out with your groceries without paying on the spot? No. You have to pay on the spot. Now, whether you put it on a credit card or pay cash is irrelevant. The reality is the supermarket is getting paid the day you shop at them. Are you doing the same thing? Are you enforcing payments that mean that when you invoice, people pay you straight away? Do you have people coming in for an appointment? Are they expecting to pay at the time or are they expecting to get an invoice and to pay it when they choose sometime later? I can't stress enough the advantage of setting payment terms 
that require people to either pay in advance before you provide the service or partly in before you provide services and then the balance on completion or being paid on the spot when the when the appointments made when the goods pass hand you know you sell the goods depending on your type of business the amount of admin time that you will waste chasing up payments from people who haven't paid you when they should have it's crazy because the moment someone walks out the door or the moment someone gets an email and you've got 14 days to pay or heaven forbid 30 days people don't even pay any attention to that anymore they'll pay you when they get around to it and some people if you're dealing with customers or clients who themselves have got cash flow problems they'll stretch you out as long as they possibly can so you effectively become their banker it's your money you've sold your products or service the money belongs in your account now the easiest way to start that process is to set the expectation if you're providing quotes doing proposals put in it what your payment terms are payment terms are payment on completion payment before we hand over the last report payment up front a certain percentage payment of balance on on milestones but you've got to get them to understand that that is what it is and then you need to have a system that backs that up so you need to have a system that if they haven't paid when they're supposed to pay that you've got a follow-up process that goes into automation almost sometimes the person who shouts the loudest and is on the phone and harasses the most unfortunately they're the ones that get paid and I know we all hate to be chasing up for money we all do there are very few people in this world who take pleasure and delight in doing it there are experts that do do so and in our next episode we're going to be talking to a lady who is a debt collection expert on how to get paid promptly and we'll go delve into some great detail next week in that interview so do tune in for that but have a good think about what have you got in place at the moment one of the lessons I've learned over time is what works for a period of time doesn't continue to work so at one stage I sent out statements at the end of the month and that was really good people suddenly paid on their statement and I got paid but then I found people started ignoring the statements because they got them all the time and it's like that's oh, just another thing that's just the standard statement she always sends so then I swapped it around and we started making phone calls well that suddenly got a whole stack of money in the bank quickly as well but then people started realizing that the reason for the phone call was the debt collection they stopped answering or ignored it or you know not being available all those usual things that people do so then we did an automated email sequence and that worked for a bit too because like oh shoot yeah we got an invoice an email saying we owe and save it you and we need to pay and get it done my big thing on that and i'll be really interested to see what jan says next week but my one of my big takeaways has been you've got to chop and change it and getting on the phone can be the most effective way of getting paid so it's about getting your money for your sales of products and services in your bank account as quickly as you possibly can because that will help your cash flow and I know in certain industries that's just not possible I'm dealing with someone at the moment in the construction industry and you know what yeah they not only issue the invoice they've got to get certifiers to certify and approve it and then they certify different amounts and and then it's still another 30 days beyond that it can take 60 plus days to get paid 
and we're talking in construction, obviously big, big numbers. In the meantime, the companies had to pay the wages for all the staff, all the costs of the equipment and the gear and the materials. So money's gone out the door big time, long time before the money comes in. And whatever you can do to help to get that money in quickly, that's what you've got to do. That's the key, getting money in the bank account that relates to your sales, products and services, your number one priority. Certainly, if you need to shore up the bank account in the short term with funding from yourself or family, friends or short-term funding, if that's what you need to do, okay. But if you can get more sales happening and set up those payments so that the expectation is they know that when they have to pay and you get them pay that and you follow through on that, that will improve your cash flow. As I said, next episode, we'll be talking to Jan Reeves, debt collection expert, and she'll be sharing with us her tips and tricks for how to help you get paid faster. Thank you for listening to the Seeing Through the Numbers podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get notifications of upcoming episodes so that you don't miss any. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.